From Edmonton, Alberta, that was Millennia from their third CD, Bratia, and a song all about godfathers, Kumea. Dobry večer, dorhi radio suhači za vitaju vas vsih na radio programu Naš Holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja, katera podjeci vam na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri i pomareži PCJ Radio Mižnarodnemu. Pre mikrofoni Pavlina Makori, djakuju štorišlo je prebude zimnoju nastupnu hodinu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchik-McQuarrie, Pokrinska Pavlina, and I'll be your host for today. We've got a great program lined up for you. We've dug into the Nash Holos Audio Archives for a Did You Know feature, a little story about aviation in Ukraine as well, a book review. Uh, it's Dog Days of Summer, great time to be reading, and uh, so we've got a suggestion for you. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and of course, great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is Tut Itam from Saskatchewan, and Kozatske Vesilia, Kozak's Wedding. <laughs> Редактор 
придупки на право, гуляє козак весілля. Придупки на ліво, придупки на право, гуляє козак весілля. Придупки на ліво, придупки на право, гуляє козак весілля. Придупки на ліво, придупки на право, гуляє козак весілля. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Головна мета Ukraine War Amps – це допомога пораненим воїнам та патріотам, які захищають свободу своєї країни у сьогоднішній війні за Україну. Ukraine War Amps представляє програму «Всинови солдата». З вашою підтримкою наша організація зможе передавати принаймні 50 доларів США щомісяця для цільової підтримки якомога більшого числа українських героїв. 100% зібраних коштів буде передано напряму героям, пораненим у війні за Україну. Програма «Всинови солдата» будує унікальний зв'язок між вами і солдатом, якого ви підтримуєте. Все починається з вас. Візьміть під опіку солдата. Підтримайте героя України. Нам не зашкодить чарка вина. Будьмо здорові, пимо до дна. Будьмо здорові, пимо до дна. Нам не зашкодить чарочка вина. Будьмо здорові, пимо до дна. Нам не зашкодить чарочка вина. Let's go. 
keeping with the wedding theme that was Pikardiska Tertia from Ukraine with Vesilny Marsh, the wedding march. Up next, bringing it back to Canada again, we have High Profile from Winnipeg and a traditional Ukrainian folk song that's eh, not really quite on a wedding theme, but it could be. It's a story about a young man who has a very serious choice to make, a beautiful young girl and probably marriage, or a bowl of cottage cheese pierogies. Serum Perohea. This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa. 
with a Did You Know Tiznalevi segment and special greetings to the listeners of Nasholos. Did you know that, according to the journal Popular Mechanics, there is nothing on earth or in the air quite like Ukraine's Antonov 225 cargo plane? Dwarfing the Boeing 747 and outlifting the U.S. Air Force C-5A Galaxy, it can haul an expeditionary force into combat or carry enough food to avert a famine. The Antonov 225 is an enlarged version of the Antonov 124 military transport and was designed as an airborne carrier for the now-defunct Soviet space shuttle program. The nickname for the Antonov 225 was Maria, which is Ukrainian for dream. The dimensions of the Antonov 225 are staggering, nearly a football field in size, and there's only one Antonov 225 in existence. With a maximum takeoff weight of about 1.32 million pounds, it is 50% heavier than the largest fully loaded U.S. Air Force plane. To get so massive an aircraft into the sky, Ukrainian engineers equipped the Antonov 225 with six turbofan jets, each capable of pumping out almost 52,000 pounds of thrust. After only three and a half years in development, Maria made its first flight in 1988 and its international debut at the 1989 Paris Air Show with the Buran Space Shuttle on its back. Its performance in several flights at this show demonstrated the Antonov 225's remarkable agility. Then the Soviet Union dissolved, and Ukraine, home to the Antonov Design Bureau that created the Antonov 124 and 225, became an independent country. The dissolution of the Soviet Union also caused the Soviet shuttle program to be discontinued in 1993. Thus, without a mission, the need for the Antonov 225 evaporated. The massive plane was parked outside its hangar near Kiev and scavenged for parts. Fortunately, the Antonov group found a way to make the Antonov 225 plane profitable. Together with business partner Motor Sich, the Antonov group invested the equivalent of $20 million to repair the Antonov 225 and install modern avionics. The Antonov 225 can accommodate large objects and offers exceptional speed and range. In January 2002, the Antonov 225 made its first commercial flight, hauling 216,000 prepared meals for American military personnel in the Persian Gulf. The Antonov 225 is still the largest cargo plane in existence. The Antonov 124 set the record distance flight of 20,151 kilometers in 25.5 hours without refueling. This world record still holds. The performance of both the Antonov 124 and Antonov 225 in terms of range and cruising altitude are approximately the same. Thanks to George Popadinich for information about the Antonov planes. The TV series Mighty Planes recently devoted a one-hour program to Ukraine's Antonov 124. And you can watch this fascinating 46-minute Mighty Planes program about the Antonov 124 on YouTube. It was posted there by the Discovery Channel. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnaleve, did you know, with Nasholis listeners. You can catch her show at www.chinradioottawa.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
group from Edmonton, which is unfortunately no longer together, but they did put together that CD, the one that they left, called Kalameka Casualties. And the group is called Kalabai, and while they're not uh, together as Kalabai, the members are um, definitely still active on the Ukrainian music scene in the local area in one band or another. And that song, once more, was by Kalabai from their CD, Kalameka Casualties and Near the Flint. Up next, American-Ukrainian singer Sonia Lee from her CD, Vid Shtirho Seretsya, From the Heart, and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, a ballad, De Hore Karpate, in the Carpathian Mountains. This is CHMB AM 1320, Vivant 
рідне, прощай Україну, прощавайте вічневі садочки, прощавай дівчино, прощавайте вічневі садочки. And another American Ukrainian singer, this one by the name of Andriana Nap, from her CD Pisnis Domu Songs from Home, released uh, last November. And uh, this is a song, a uh, traditional Ukrainian folk song, of course, and it is a story of a distraught young Kozak freedom fighter singing his heart out in the cherry orchard, saying goodbye to his sweetheart, his village, and his country before he heads off to defend his country. Andriana Nap with Tam Usadu Vishnevamu, the Cossacks' farewell. Bringing it back to Canada, we have Mikrena from Edmonton, another group that's not together, but and left one CD. This one is called Beauty is Not Contagious, a great CD. And here they are now with a tune from it, a traditional Ukrainian folk song, uh, sort of on uh, another theme about a Cossack going off to war. Unharness the horses, boys. Ja 
Corner book reviews by Myra Junik. Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Serhi Plotky's non-fiction thriller The Man with the Poison Gun, a Cold War spy story. The Man with the Poison Gun, Serhi Plotky's first non-fiction thriller, focuses on the life of Bogdan Stashinsky the assassin who killed Stepan Bandera and Lev Rebet. The very first paragraph sets up a shocking comparison between fiction and real life. In the fall of 1961, while David Cornwell, a British spy more commonly known as Jean Le Carré, was contemplating the writing of his first best-selling novel, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold, the West German police were actually interrogating a Soviet spy. That spy was Bogdan Stashinsky. His story begins in 1949, in post-war Ukraine, when Nikita Khrushchev, then the party boss of Ukraine, decided that he needed to destroy the Ukrainian resistance by killing the leader of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, Oun Stepan Bandera. Bandera had spent years in Polish prisons and the German concentration camp of Schassenhausen. His followers were now headquartered in Munich, the center of the American occupation zone in Germany. In early 1950, Bogdan Staszynski was arrested by the Soviets for a minor offense and given an ultimatum. Cooperate with the Soviets and become a traitor to Ukraine or face prison time and possible death along with his entire family. Bogdan chose to become an agent of the Soviets. Stashinsky returned from Lviv to his native village and told his relatives that the secret police were hot on his heels. 
everyone agreed that under the circumstances he had no choice but to flee to the forest and join the guerrillas. His initial task involved betraying members of the Ukrainian underground, which led to arrests and assassinations. When Stashinsky's family found out the truth about what he had done, Stashinsky had nowhere to go. He had saved his family by betraying it. They did not want to have him around anymore. The secret police would become his new home and family. As an agent of the Soviet secret police, Bogdan would be trained in spycraft and assassination techniques. His weapon was a poison gun, which would immediately kill his target with undetectable poisonous fumes. His initial target in Munich was Lev Rebet, a troublesome Ukrainian journalist. The KGB described Rebet as an intellectual leader of the Ukrainian nationalists who wrote articles inciting Ukrainians to fight against the Soviet occupiers. Stashinsky killed Rebet on October 12, 1957. After his initial success, he was given a more important target, the leader of Oun, Stepan Bandera. Bandera's assassination was more complex because of his bodyguard, and it involved following the Ukrainian leader for weeks on end. However, Stashinsky eventually saw his opportunity when Bandera was alone after a shopping trip and murdered him on October the 15th 1959, in the stairwell of his home. At first, authorities were mystified by Bandera's death, calling it a stroke or a possible suicide. The poison that killed Bandera left no trace, so it was not until Stashinsky defected to West Germany that he revealed how Bandera died. In order to stay in the West, Stashinsky had to convince German authorities that the KGB wanted to kill him because of what he knew about the Soviet assassination plots. He was eventually tried for the murders of Rabat and Bandera, and his trial opened up the truth to the world for the very first time. The Man with the Poison Gun is a very interesting book about post-war Soviet and European politics. Khrushchev's role in the deaths of Rabat and Bandera was shocking to the world community at the time. Today, the attempted assassination of Ukraine's President Viktor Yushchenko and the successful assassinations of journalist Alexander Litvinenko in London, Sergei Magnitsky in a Russian prison, and Boris Nemtsov on a bridge in Moscow are brutal reminders that the strategies of the post-war KGB are still alive and well in Russia. Plotky was able to write his book because of the information he gathered from Stashinsky's trial testimony, as well as recently released historical documents such as KGB and CIA archives. His extensive notes will be very useful to anyone wanting to know more about post-war Ukrainian resistance. Plotky is a historian, not a writer of spy thrillers like John le Carré or Ian Fleming, and he has difficulty describing Stashinsky's moral qualms about killing his victims. He tells readers that in his early days as a Soviet agent, Bogdan was confused since he had been raised as a Christian. The idea of killing another human being was difficult for him to contemplate. However, Bogdan did proceed to kill both Rabbit and Bandera, regardless of his confusion. Despite these issues, Plotky's book is an interesting and revealing expose of Stashinsky's life as a Soviet agent and his role in the murders of Rabbit and Bandera. Readers will be surprised to learn that Ian Fleming actually modeled part of his novel The Man with the Golden Gun, on the actions of Bogdan Stashinsky. Although The Man with the Poison Gun is Serhii Plotky's first non-fiction thriller, he has written extensively on the history of Ukraine and Eastern Europe. His most recent works include The Gates of Europe, 
A History of Ukraine, The Last Empire, The Final Days of the Soviet Union, and The Cossack Myth, History and Nationhood in the Age of Empires. Plucky was born in Russia to Ukrainian parents, but grew up and went to school in Ukraine. He received his Ph.D. in history from Kiev University. He was a professor of history and associate director of the Peter Yatsik Center for Ukrainian Historical Research at the University of Alberta. He is currently the Mikhailo Khrushchevsky Professor of Ukrainian History at Harvard University. The Man with the Poison Gun is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. recent contemporary song about young men going off to fight for their native land. That was Shabla with Bratya Ukrainsu, Ukrainian Brothers. Up next, Vasil Hantarsky with Chorna Hora, Black Mountain. Hey, hey. 
to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com, as well in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com, where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, the podcast feed, and information about the show. And there's also a link to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like. And again, that is www.nasholos.com. Nizhal Mevchiskinchila Nashov Prohamu Vzhechal Stodomovi Skazati Dopobachinya Ala Pretemio Kotju Zalashitavaz Tekeme Slovame Mudrostea. Vashche Zberhtea Hroshi Chim Na Pravo I Nivo Roskedate. And our proverb of the week translates as it is more difficult to save money than to throw it away left and right. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, Prairie Crocus from Winnipeg and the Liberty Two-Step. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! One, two, three, four!
Hi, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help me improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholos programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nash Holos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nashholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Shterodyakuyu. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.